Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am your host, Alfred Parsar Jr. We're here on this show. We talk about any and everything New York Mets. Today is Monday, April 26, 2021. And on today's edition of the report, we're going to recap the last six games the Mets have played, seeing how today is an off day for the Mets. Now, my initial thought when thinking about these New York Mets, especially over the last week, The Mets are like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And what I mean by that is, you could watch a Mets game on Thursday and see one thing, and then you could watch a Mets game on Saturday and see a completely different thing. It's like, one day the team is firing on all cylinders, and then the next day you're like, yo, what in the hell is this? As far as uh, the past week in Mets baseball, I really was frustrated. I'm not going to lie. The Chicago series angered me. Angered me greatly. And I'll tell you why. First off, the Mets got swept in Chicago. They did not win a single game. Entering that series, the Chicago Cubs were dead last in the NL East. And it seems like we've just given them momentum. On Tuesday, last Tuesday, we lost to the Cubs 3-1. Last Wednesday was just a humiliation. We lost 16-4. And in the last game of the series, we lost 4-3. It's, it's, it's painful sometimes, especially in times like those. I, that Chicago team is not good. But... They spanked us. And Taiwan Walker, bad outing in that first Chicago game. And he had control issues. Couldn't find the strike zone after a while. And we're going to elaborate on this more throughout this episode. But there have been issues I've noticed about Taiwan Walker. And I don't know if they're because... He had the Tommy John surgery two years ago, but uh, he had some issues that that uh, we could blame for that loss. Then the blowout is uh, not even an excuse. The Cubs scored 16 to the Mets four. Who was the losing pitcher or, or the pitcher that got blown up in that game? David Peterson. And I've said over and over and over again that I'm not a fan of David Peterson whatsoever. I don't think he should have got that starter spot. Uh, Joey Lucchese is on this roster. And we have barely seen him pitch. Not even a bullpen appearance. Which frustrates me. Jordan Yamamoto is in Brooklyn at the alternate site. Yamamoto had a much better spring than Peterson did. Lucchese had a better spring than Peterson did. Peterson's had three starts. He's one and two. He got destroyed in in the first start against the Phillies, and he got destroyed in his third start against the Cubs. What does that tell you? Yes, David Peterson had a decent rookie season, but it was a shortened season. It was a 60-game season, and there was no tape on David Peterson. 
you got to remember, folks, David Peterson was called up in the shortened season. There was no minor league ball last year, and he has never pitched above double A. So before he got to the majors, the last level of the minors he was in was double A. Keep that in mind. David Peterson, you want to look at the stats, we'll look at the stats. He's pitched 13 and a thirds innings so far this season. He's got a 6.75 ERA. 6.75. That means he's almost good for seven runs given up per game. I, I, you could go back to the past episodes when it was spring training and it was Lucchese, Peterson, and Yamamoto battling for that last roster spot in the rotation. And I said it over and over and over again that I am not sold on David Peterson. And I'm still not sold on David Peterson. At all. Now, I'm probably not going to get my way here. And David Peterson is going to remain in the rotation. But I firmly believe, and I stand by what I'm about to say, as long as David Peterson is a starter in this New York Mets rotation in 2021, you can almost count that unless the offense, which is another issue we'll get to, but unless the offense wakes up, and even if they do, it's still going to be difficult, but as long as Peterson is in this starting rotation, we will most likely lose the games that he starts. Somebody argue me on that. I can almost guarantee it. David Peterson, from my standpoint, pitches like he's afraid. I don't know where his confidence is. He he gives up a large amount of runs. He's not a shutdown, lockdown pitcher at all. And again, like I firmly said, I, I just don't like the kid in the rotation. You want to make him a reliever? Cool, move him to the pen. We've seen in the past in baseball that some of the all-time greats have started out as starting pitchers, and then they moved to the bullpen and had great careers. Two names that come to mind, John Smoltz of the Atlanta Braves. Started his career in the bigs as a, as a starting pitcher and then went on to become one of the greatest closers of all time. Kerry Wood, that played for the Chicago Cubs, started his career as a starting pitcher and then uh, had a career revival as a closer. Not saying that Peterson is going to be closing material, but... Move that man to the pen. Somebody call Joey Lucchese because he's not on the injured list. He's just not being, he's just not being utilized, and he's being wasted away over at the alternate site in Brooklyn. Which, I mean, yeah, Lucchese has a, a ERA almost as high as Peterson, just over six. But I mean, give him a chance. Or again, let's somebody call Jordan Yamamoto, who is in the alternate site as well. And uh, yeah, let's 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 give him a chance because this is crazy. Because how long are you gonna wait before you realize that Peterson just doesn't have big league level stuff? So it's 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 frustrating to watch.
And then the Mets, the offense, the offense, the offense, the offense. This offense is so frustrating at times because look at the names on paper. Pete Alonzo, Michael Conforto, Francisco Lindor. And can't get any runs, sometimes can't even get any hits. It's amazing to me that one of the the leading batters on the team is a starting pitcher. Jacob deGrom is batting over 500, folks. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But again, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All the way back when, when the little old lady asked, where's the beef? I'm asking, where's the offense? Produce. They pay Lindor $341 million, and he's batting below the Mendoza line. Michael Conforto wants an extension. Batting below the Mendoza line. I know it's only April. And some of you are like, don't uh, don't panic just yet. But it, it's concerning. And then Lindor was having the, the spring training of a lifetime. And entering today, he's batting 210. Jeff McNeil, another one, a career 300 hitter. And for some reason just can't find his stride. He's batting 188. And if we're not including Jacob DeGrom, who's not an everyday player, uh, Brandon Nimmo and J.D. Davis are the two best we have. J.D. Davis batting 414. Brandon Nimmo batting 370. Everybody else is everybody else is asleep. Everybody else is asleep, and I'm going to need the offense to wake up. You can't just, it just can't work, because in the long run, like, I know everybody's saying, oh, well, well, Alfred, you can't say this, It's, it's April. But let me pose this to you. April is going to be done by the end of this week. This Saturday is May 1st. What happens when in the in in the middle toward the end of may in the summer months of june july and august the offense can wake up because you can't just re- even if the pitching was a1 you just can't rely on the pitching alone because in order to win baseball games you have to score runs even if you hold the other team to zero if you can't get men across home plate it's pointless So yeah, the Mets, the Mets, they, 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 uh, they got destroyed by Chicago, and I was quite frankly embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I'm not even gonna lie to you. To get swept by a last place team, just that, that just, it just can't work. And then let's not talk about the last game of that series. The extra innings. The Mets had the bases loaded. At one point, they had Kevin Pilar on third with nobody out in, in extra innings and could not bring home a run. They had the bases loaded with nobody out, and the Cubs got out of the jam. When you have the bases loaded with nobody out, you should at least minimum produce a run. But I'm not going to harp on that too much. Let's take a break, and then after the break, 
We'll come back and talk about some positives. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar Jr. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man, Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. And we're back on the Metropolitan Report. I am Alfred Parsar Jr. And I want to speak to the audience about something once in a lifetime that I witnessed this past Friday. The New York Mets played the Washington Nationals. The starting pitcher for the Mets on Friday night was the GOAT, Jacob deGrom. And he was deGrominant. Jacob deGrom, listen to this line, complete game shutout, 15 strikeouts, no walks, no runs allowed. Pure dominance. Furthermore, with that game, now listen to these stats. Jacob deGrom has pitched three consecutive starts striking out 14 batters or more. So he struck out minimum 14 batters in each of the last three starts. That is insane. That is crazy. And Jacob deGrom is not human. And part of me feels like we are witnessing history. And furthermore, we we, we are just extremely fortunate to have this man as, as a part of this ball club. Jacob deGrom has looked amazing this season. In four starts, he has a 0.31 ERA. In four starts, he has only allowed one earned run. And if he can keep this up the entire year, there is no doubt you have to give him the Cy Young. Absolutely no doubt. No doubt at all. Right now, he's not only the best pitcher in the National League, he is the absolute best pitcher in all of baseball. I don't care who your favorite team is. I don't care who's the ace of your pitching staff of your favorite team. And I don't care what name you give me. You cannot tell me Clayton Kershaw right now is better than J Jacob deGrom. You cannot tell me Trevor Bauer is better than Jacob deGrom. Some people say, oh, well, he didn't throw a no-hitter. You really think that Carlos Rodon and, and Joe Musgrove, who have thrown no-hitters this season, and uh, Madison Bumgarner, who unofficially threw one yesterday, you think they're better than Jacob deGrom? A pitcher will throw one no-hitter, and some of these, some of these people who, who, who don't know much about baseball will say, well, yeah, J Jacob DeGrom never threw a no-hitter. He never threw a perfect game. Yeah, but he leads the league in three categories. He leads the league in ERA. He leads the league in strikeouts. And he leads the league in quality starts. The numbers do not lie, folks. They do not lie. Now, granted, one can make the argument that DeGrom is dominating bad teams. The Phillies are, are second in the National League East. They're, they're a 500 team. The Rockies are in the cellar in the NL West. The Nationals are not a good team, and they were undermanned. They had no Juan Soto all weekend. Okay, 
Touche. They say he didn't pitch against the Cubs. Even the game that he lost against the Marlins. The Mar some people will say the Marlins are not good either. Even though the way they lost was terrible because Jazz Chisholm got that lucky home run, but I digress. But a real test is coming up because tomorrow and Wednesday, the Mets have a two-game set against the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are in first place in the American League East. So if DeGrom can dominate the Red Sox, who are in first place in their division, I, I want to hear the, the, the haters chirp. And not only is DeGrom doing it on the mound, he's doing it at the plate too. He went two for four batting in the game Friday night against the Nationals, including driving in the first run of the game on a double. The last time a Mets pitcher won a Silver Slugger Award was Mike Hampton in 2000. I think in 2021, a Mets pitcher will win the Silver Slugger Award. I'm that confident. I think Jacob DeGrom is going to get a... If he could keep this batting up in addition to his pitching, he might just get the Cy Young, a Silver Slugger, and even an MVP. And the fans in the stands were chanting MVP every time DeGrom stepped up to the plate or, or after he uh, struck somebody out. And I was one of them because I was there. Masterful performance. And he finally got some run support because the Mets won 6-0. Now let's move on to Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman entering this weekend was undefeated, 3-0, 0.90 ERA. He had a disaster of a start on Saturday. The Washington Nationals scored at least one run or more in each of the first five innings. Mets offense was quiet. All they could muster was one run off of a Michael Conforto home run that almost didn't even stay fair. Bounced off the foul pole. I don't know if that 3-0 start with a sub-1 ERA was a fluke for Marcus Stroman. It remains to be seen. Every pitcher, no matter who you are, even some of the all-time greats, have had bad starts. Nolan Ryan, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, any Hall of Fame pitcher you could think of, they've all had bad starts here and there. So I'm not going to be quick to say, yeah, Stroman's a bum. Maybe it's just one bad start, and the next time out, he bounces back from it. Could be. Remains to be seen, but I'm not going to throw Stroman under the bus. Everybody has a bad start. It, the game started off horribly. Josh Harrison leadoff single. Conforto misplays the ball. It gets past him, and the man ends up on third base first pitch of the game. P again, pitchers have bad starts, and hey, Jacob deGrom might even get a bad start sooner or later, and we're not going to ride him off as a bum, so... 
But the offense is is what's sickening me. Like I've said it countless times, they got to wake up. But then we go to yesterday's performance. A shutout for nothing. And uh, the Mets, they started Taiwan Walker on the hill. He got his first win as a Met. Uh, here's what I noticed about Taiwan Walker, though. He is a five-inning pitcher at best. What I mean by that is, for the first five innings, you can put him out there and he'll pitch well. But then, past five innings or going towards the end of the fifth inning, he starts to show issues where he can't find the plate. He just can't control the ball. Throwing pitches out of the strike zone. And I was sitting there yesterday in City Field saying to myself, Huh. It's 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 the fifth inning, and Walker is looking how he how he was toward the end of the of his time in the game in the Chicago game. And I got a bit concerned. It was at one point, um, the Nationals loaded the bases. Uh, I didn't think they were going to get out of the jam. But quality start for Taiwan Walker. Um, we can't we can't take that away from him. And uh, Taiwan Walker, uh, he pitched six innings, um, didn't give up any runs. Quality, qu- he struck out four. He's not going to be a he's not a, a high strikeout guy. He's a pitch to contact guy. But I'm I'm very I'm very happy that uh, he was able to bounce back from that Chicago start. But again, my concern is, and and I know Rojas has to know when to pull him. Without question, you got to know when to pull your starter. But if this, if this trend continues, where he starts to struggle with control, um, after four and a third, or four and two thirds, or five innings. You gotta, you gotta pull him. And I think Rojas should have went to the bullpen sooner, but the box score tells it all for nothing. Also, uh, the Mets bats woke up yesterday as well. JD Davis, again, who I mentioned earlier, playing uh, phenomenally on offense. He had his second home run of the season. Pete Alonso had his fifth. And the Mets take two or three from the Washington Nationals. Now here's now here's the the thing about the National League East. The Mets have lost four of their last six, and that's still good enough to get them first place. The Mets right now are in first place. They're sitting on top of the division. They're nine and eight. Philly is second. Uh, Atlanta and Miami are tied. And Washington is in the cellar. Now it's still early, but the Mets are the only team in the NL East above 500. They're one game above 500. Uh, these next set of games can, uh, depending on the performance of the Mets, can swing things. Uh, again, this, the schedule is as follows: uh, the Mets tomorrow and Wednesday play Boston. They have an off day Thursday before they visit Philadelphia again for three games. And then they visit the Cardinals for four games before they come back home uh, for a homestand that includes the Arizona Diamondbacks and a two-game set against the Baltimore Orioles in interleague play. Um, so after today, the net, the Mets' next off day is Thursday. 
Uh, because there is only two games in between off days, we will not have a Metropolitan Report on Thursday. Instead, the next Metropolitan Report will be on Monday, May 10th. So, that is uh, exactly two weeks from today. But, um, I think, now, don't get me wrong, but I think that the Mets are going to lose the first game against Boston only because David Peterson is on the hill and that Boston offense is elite. However, the Mets do have a chance because Boston's starting pitcher tomorrow, Garrett Richards, is basically a David Peterson counterpart. So tomorrow is going to be the battle of which offense is better. So whichever offense starts to click or whichever offense is awake, that's the team that's going to win the game. Now, against... Boston on Wednesday, it's Nick Pavetta versus Jacob DeGrom. Nick Pavetta has looked good for Boston this season, but I'm rolling with DeGrom until I have a reason not to. So I think they, they split the, the set against Boston. I think they take two or three from the Phillies. I think uh, that Cardinals series is going to go two and two, two wins apiece each team. And then uh, the the home set against Arizona. I think the Mets take two of three. So that's my prediction. Also, before we uh, sign off on this edition of the Metropolitan Report, I have a contest to announce. Um, we have a, a couple of uh, authentic game-used baseballs in, in my possession, and I'm going to give one away. Uh, the rules are simple. There will be a post following this episode of the Metropolitan Report on our Instagram page, it is the underscore metropolitan underscore report. So the metropolitan report with an underscore in between each word. Uh, I will post a picture of the baseball and all you have to do are three simple things. You have to follow the metropolitan report Instagram page. You have to comment who your favorite Mets player is and why. And then you have to tag three friends. And then the winner will be chosen. So again, in order to win the baseball, and I will ship it to you. You can live in any part of the country, and I will ship it to you. You have to follow the Metropolitan Report on Instagram. You have to comment who your favorite Mets player is and why. And you have to tag three friends. So there you go. And then the winner will be chosen at random. Uh, the contest will run... Uh, until the next episode of the Metropolitan Report. So you've got two weeks to try and win your authentic game-used baseball that was caught by yours truly at City Field. And with that said, the only thing left to say is, Let's go Mets! <laughs>